When? Kick it, bruh. Uh oh. That was my fault. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Now I'm ready. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 459, September 17th, 2020. The high on this day was 96 degrees. That occurred in 1895. And it was 34 degrees on two occasions, 1875 and 1943. And now. From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Andrew Smith uh, notes that uh, the pandemic has caused a lot of problems, and among them, divorce rates have spiked in the U.S. during the coronavirus pandemic as couples have been stuck at close quarters for months. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. B. Definitely, never gets old. It just never gets old. It just never gets old. It just never gets old. But the, I, I wish the video, people could see the video too, because he's nodding as he's yeah. absorbing all the information. And then it's no B, B, definitely B. Plus, he looks like such a dork. Yes, he does. Yeah. Well, it's Positive Thursday. Here we go. And I, I've done my best. Uh, but you know what? 2020s, uh, you really got to seek out your positivity. She's a tough one, huh, Joe? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, I found some positivity. Kelsey alerted me to a piece where a guy has gone back and looked at the weather records in California, and I'm always fascinated by that uh, because, you know, the, the Gavin Newsom wants to blame the fires on the temperatures in L.A., and so does Joe Biden, and so does the L.A. Times, and which uh, complained that this was the hottest August on record in California. And the uh, implication, of course, is this is yet another case of man-made global warming putting lives, property, and natural landscape in risk. But there is no relation to the actual facts. In 1859, Los Angeles County recorded temperatures of 133 degrees. The record-breaking temperature claimed by Newsom was a relatively balmy 121 degrees. According to the 1859 San Francisco Chronicle, (coughs) Perfect, Hill. Excuse me. Cited by Tony Heller, in eastern parts of Los Angeles and the Santa Barbara counties, the mercury rose in the shade to the startling figure of 133 degrees. Cattle full in flesh perished in the fields and birds dropped lifeless from trees in the withering blast. It wasn't just warmer back in 1859. Even as recently as 1983, it was significantly hotter at this time of year in downtown Los Angeles. 4.1 degrees hotter, in fact, than the record claim temperatures. In fact, last month's heat wave in L.A. was not unusually severe by historical standards, as the local temperature charts show uh, below will demonstrate. So how come, according to the charts from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, this August saw record-breaking temperatures in Los Angeles, uh, and and according to uh, uh, the division, uh, I can't read the damn printer. All I know is uh, that uh, the heat wave... uh, of 1859 was apparently was apparently worse than this and uh 
uh, that's I, I'm I'm yelling against the wind with this because it's mm-hmm. such a political movement that uh, you know I, I it's not positive but it's important and I can link it. Among the other, dec- among the declines in uh, people generally, I think, is a lack of curiosity. Mm-hmm. That that they're willing to be shepherded. They're they're willing to be husbanded. They're willing to be told what to do and what to believe. Mm-hmm. So so very few people would ever. St- so people heard that. Oh my God! It's 122 degrees in Los Angeles. Very few people would ever wonder if it's been hotter than that in Los Angeles, only to discover that, of course, it, it was in as far back as 1859. Uh, and again, for all you euphorians who listen uh, but are afraid to admit that to your neighbors, I'm not in any way, when I bring this up, discounting the terrible suffering that people are experiencing now uh, on both the West Coast and in the Gulf Coast with the flooding from Hurricane Sally and the ravages of those fires. They're horrific, and they're burning where people did not used to live. Uh, it's still dreadful, but I'm, I'm getting to my link. People, and this is, this is a dreadful, dreadful discovery. This is according to the Washington Post, USA Today. It's a reporting on a survey. Almost two-thirds, think of that, two-thirds of millennials and Gen Zers don't know that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. Oh, oh yeah. what? What? Yeah, Two no, thirds. That's this is an incredible story. <clears throat> oh my yeah. God! And almost half can't name a single concentration camp. An alarming new survey in the Holocaust uh, knowledge was found. The survey demonstrated wide gaps in younger Americans' knowledge of the genocide, while also showing a concerning fifteen percent of millennials and Gen Zers thought holding neo-Nazi views was acceptable. Mm-hmm. How much of that is based on genuine understanding of neo-Nazi principles and how much is based on ignorance is hard to tell. Either of them is disturbing, said Gideon Taylor, president of the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, which commissioned the survey. If people can't name Auschwitz, that's something deeply concerning. I don't think there's any greater symbol of man's depravity, depravity in recent history than Auschwitz, he said. The survey is the fifth in a series that looks at people's knowledge of Holocaust history worldwide as well as education around the genocide. I, what, wow. this is, well, it's also an indictment on the failed academy. Wow. The survey of 1,018 to 39-year-olds in all 50 states provided the first state-by-state breakdown of Holocaust knowledge in the U.S. In New York, for example, which ranked among the bottom 10 states, in an analysis of Holocaust knowledge, nearly 20% of millennials and Gen, Gen Zers incorrectly believed that the Jews caused the Holocaust. <laughs> that sort of denial and distortion around the causes of the Holocaust is a form of anti-Semitism, said Gretchen Skidmore, the Director of Education Initiatives for the Levine Family Institute for Holocaust Education in the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. Uh, <laughs> After another concerning finding in the claims conference survey, almost half of respondents had seen social media posts denying or distorting facts about the Holocaust, and more than half said they had seen Nazi symbols in their community or online. Taylor said these results demonstrate how the Internet has given a voice to and amplified Holocaust denial in a way that was unimaginable just a few years ago. Six million Jews were killed during the Holocaust. 
they were targeted uh, wow. for their perceived racial inferiority. Wow. I have more numbers here for you. John Hyde a few days ago retweeted a guy named David Gilbert, and his numbers say 23% say it's a myth slash exaggerated. 10% don't think it happened. 12% never heard of it. 11% think Jews were responsible. And 63% are unaware that 6 million Jews were killed. That is absolutely shocking. 40%. Also, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, okay. 40%, yeah. 40% of respondents to the survey could not identify Auschwitz. Isn't that amazing? Uh, the, the positivity is Minnesota is among three states that rank highest for Holocaust knowledge among this age group. Huh. Small consolation, but... Are you about to make a link? I was making the link to... Uh, I guess I was making a link to idiocy. Uh, yeah. Well, I... Go ahead. I'm Go sorry. ahead, to right. Reavers. If you want to fill in my link, I'm more than willing well, to. The road I thought that. you were going down was what we've watched the last however many months of the continued removal of our history. We're talking about a next generation that's not going to know anything about what this country went through in regards to slavery. Well, and I think, I think Joe, you're on the biggest link of all time. I mean, you can link this to statues coming down, yeah. to the way Minneapolis is being run, to what's happening in Portland, to thoughts on global warming in California, Oregon, and Washington in, the, in relation to the fires. I think it's all linkable. You know why? People have stopped thinking. Like you said, they're yeah. not curious anymore. Right. They're not curious. Of a, a, a meaningless example in the cosmic scheme of things, and we've talked about it on the show, is getting a thumbs up from fellow drivers when you're driving something interesting. Mm -hmm. It rarely happens. No, well, it happens, but it rarely happens compared to 25 years ago. So along those lines... Are you ready for this one? I'm oh, not done. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm putting gas in the car the other day. What year is it? A, la a lady drives in in a baby blue Corvette. Oh. She's, I'm going to say she's 75, maybe 75. I hope I'm not embarrassing her. Uh, I doubt she's a listener. And, and I said, let me guess, a 1965. And she said, bingo. So, of course, I have to have a conversation with her because the more I look at the car, I, I said to her, has this been restored? She said, nope, absolutely original. Still had the J. Wow. Klein Chevrolet on wow. the back. No. Her, her husband died, and the car hadn't been driven for years, so she decided to get it out and drive it. She had it appraised, and I said, because I haven't gotten to the best part yet, I said, well, it's, it's just perfect. I, I think it's got to be worth, what, $65,000? And she shoved her thumb upward, upward. She said, no, I've had it appraised in six figures. You ready? Oh. 10,600 miles on the clock. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Baby blue? Yeah. Beautiful. Like Robin's egg. Yeah, beautiful blue. Beautiful. Oh. Oh. Wow. And I've, I've never been a vet guy, much of a vet guy. But, but it, that year. But oh. that year, I could be a vet guy. Oh, yeah. Would you offer wow, 10 bucks I got for shivers, <laughs> Such. 10,600 miles. Wow. That's cool. Wow. But let's so say your you're. Uh, yeah, let's, right. Are you buying it? <laughs> Please tell me you're, you're buying it, Joe. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, let's say 
that a that was a twenty five year old putting gas in a car. I gotta mm-hmm. think he he probably wouldn't have inquired about it. No. No. Uh, at that age, 25 might not even be aware of it. The, the whole, uh, well, well, I'm really getting off track now, but the whole British car uh, collecting scene that I've been a part of for years, it's not going to last. We can't make a blanket indictment on all the youngsters. Uh, no. You know, there's one in my house that would be obsessed with it. Uh, Noah, uh, he'd, yeah. he'd the, the, our buddy up at Schoonover, he'd be completely obsessed with it. Well, in the main, as Father Whalen used to say, in the main... Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the average 25-year-old would look at an MG or a Triumph and have absolutely no idea what they are and would have no interest in finding out what you they You know are. what? I, I would agree with you based on where you currently reside. I told both of you off the air that yeah. I drove through Henderson the other day, and they have that great classic car show every Tuesday night. Yeah. And 19 from the river up to the hill was packed with both One. classic cars and bikes. And Joe... Ages from 70 all the way down to teenage kids, I was seeing. Well, I, I, my hopes would be that the farther away you get from the country's tallest buildings, there's yeah. still a great appreciation for automobile culture. And I think there is. Okay, I've really drifted a long way from Yeah, I want to get back because <laughs> I've got a great quote for you. Can, yeah. I, can I give you this quote to get us back on track? Yeah. This also comes from John Hyde, a retweet from Johnny. He retweeted a guy named uh, Robert Windream. Dwight Eisenhower on the Holocaust. This is a quote now. Get it all on record now. Get the films, get the witnesses, because somewhere down the road of history, some bastard will get up and say that this never happened. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That was uh, General Eisenhower that said that. Yep. Churchill saw it happening, and with such grit and determination, vowed to take Germany down. He begged FDR for help. He begged him for equipment. He begged him for ships. He begged him for planes. Mm-hmm. And, and initially, FDR was just saying, well, good luck to you, sir. Good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it took the sinking of Lusitania before the U.S. rose to the occasion. So then FDR was the big cheerleader for it, but the Senate, the House, and the rest of the country, they they didn't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Pearl Harbor happened, and then we were all in. Uh, where were we going with that? Oh, Eisenhower is being know. Eisenhower is being terribly prophetic. Let's let's link the uh, kids not knowing about Auschwitz to uh, global warming. Uh, the there's a generation or two. Uh, that that seem to be floating along, and don't don't partake in serious civil discussions. Uh, do not display a curiosity about the world around them, and are more than willing, apparently, to just live off the information they see on their personal devices. Mm-hmm. That they 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 have their head to the screen. And uh, it, it's a world that you know I can't identify with. Uh, the phone is still basically a telephone for me, but and the computer is still basically a typewriter for me. But I'm old, and uh, I came up in a completely different way. Uh, I think I think curiosity was among the things that we were taught, however, however inadvertently. And in other words, there was never a class called curiosity, but we were taught in such a way 
that it became natural to be curious about what we were being told. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I just fear that these kids today, uh, I, that, again, there are many great exceptional GL teachers. I understand that. But in the main, as Father Whelan said, in the main, this academy has failed from start to finish. It's failing. It's failed from kindergarten through senior year in college. It's failed. Well, they're being taught by activists. These kids can't identify Auschwitz, but they'll they'll know perfectly well about Kim Kardashian. Oh, are we getting the theory today? No. Okay. No. okay. no, I told you I backed off that theory. You did? Yeah, it was no, too I- cr- it was too cruel. Okay. I backed off it. It just it's just amazing. I understand the suffering, and and we're all grateful that we don't live in a fire zone here, uh, but but people do live in fire zones, and they're suffering the consequences of the behavior of nature, and for a mayor to sit there and say this is definitive proof of climate change is absolutely disingenuous, especially when his crime is completely out of control and has no context of what's going on in his own backyard. Oh, California is just a dreadful, dreadful place uh, politically. Dreadful. Right. And the governor has just legalized child rape. Well. All right. Now, I have to square these temperature records in 1859 because I'm saying, like today's, for example, that today's record here in this neck of the woods uh, is 96 degrees on this. End. So on September 17th, back in 1895, it was 96 degrees, and I will continue to say I'm extraordinarily willing to admit that means nothing. That proves nothing. And the 133-degree uh, the temperature in the L.A. basin in, 19, in 1859 proves nothing, except it does prove one thing. It proves the cycle of nature has pretty much been the same for the last couple of hundred years. We don't know what... I don't know what the temperature conditions in L.A. in the year 1340 might have been. But for the last couple of hundred years, we have seen the cyclical nature of temperature swings. And to tell me that these fires are proof of climate change uh, is where I struggle. I believe in climate change. I'm a believer. I'm not a denier. The climate has always changed and always will. I got a note from uh, Tim down in Alabama. Joe, I was preparing for Sally as the early model showed a direct hit. I'm sorry, Mississippi. Uh, direct hit on us in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. As I'm cleaning out my carport, the one thing with the never-ending garage opener, uh, the one with a never-ending garage opener. So as I moved out my 1968 18-foot Starcraft that I converted to a center council, council, I had some scraps of wood to deal with. I figured it was a GL sin to toss out garage wood, so as a good GLer, I put it out of Sally's path. Last hurricane that passed through here, Nate put about eight feet of water in the carport. I wasn't living here yet, but I heard the stories. Of course, that was nothing compared to Katrina. I am not trying to bring that up with the locals that were here for that. You mostly hear about the damage to New Orleans from Katrina and the people who suffered there, but the Mississippi Gulf Coast was actually ground zero and was pretty much totally destroyed. And, of course, before that was Camille, 
just as bad, if not worse. But but you're right about what you said. Hurricanes have always been around. People have not always lived on the Gulf Coast. Just about every generation, a strong hurricane comes along and wipes out a huge chunk of the Gulf Coast, and then people rebuild and forget, but they do prepare. For the most part, Sally was not supposed to head east. It was supposed to head west. But what you have to do is heed the warnings if you're anywhere near the path. You get out and get your boats out of the way, and you put them in a hurricane hole, which are little safe places up the river, or if they're out on a trailer, you move them. You mentioned the cars underwater in Pensacola. There was no excuse for people to have their cars anywhere near that danger. Even though it wasn't supposed to hit there, they had plenty of warnings if they paid attention. It was still a big part of the target area. There are pretty darn good tra- they are pretty darn good at tracking hurricanes, but maybe that story was right about stalling in front of the U.S. because that Hurricane Sally was only moving about two miles an hour. I was born and raised in St. Paul, and I now live on the Gulf Coast. The little bit of inconvenience of getting a hotel and preparing for a hurricane is well worth the move out of the hellhole that the Twin Cities has become. Wow. I've convinced one of my kids that I used to have to move down here. I'm hoping to convince the other before she gets killed by some random gunfire. Believe me, I'll take a hurricane before I have uh, to pay money to a thug to leave my alley. Good luck, Tim. And he's P.S. Please stop wasting so much time talking about Minneapolis and the fools that run it. GLers are well aware of the insanity. Boy, he sounds like he had a good attitude about the hurricane, didn't he? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. They're oh. coming, and all you can do is prepare. So I love that term, hurricane hole, too. Duck your boat into a hurricane hole somewhere up the river. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the wildfires, did you happen to grab the story that Kelsey sent us uh, in regards to the um, Oregon wildfires? Didn't I just mention that Breitbart story? No, this isn't from Breitbart. This is from the Daily Wire. The arsonist that was arrested. I'm, I'm asking if you have that story, sir. Uh, no, I don't. Well, let me just read you the headline because Terry perfectly stated this. I guess we could solve climate change simply by killing arsonists is what his well, yeah, yeah. subject And preventing is. lightning. You're going to have to ban lightning and kill arsonists. So for those that are unfamiliar, and this was also verified by the Portland police, a man who was arrested in Oregon after allegedly using a Molotov cocktail to start a wildfire was later released from jail but then rearrested less than 24 hours later for allegedly starting six more fires. Domingo Lopez Jr., 45, was arrested after using a Molotov cocktail to start a small brush fire, the Portland Police Bureau said in a statement on Monday. What a sick bastard. Well, but so Fry's going to come out and say, well, this is example of climate change. Uh, no, dum-dum. We it's an example of arson. We got people lighting fires. That's, that's what the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's lawlessness, Jacob Fry. It is not climate change. Are we talking to Eric Mishy today? We're going to talk to him tomorrow, sir. Okay, he had another piece in the Pioneer Press today. Uh, he's having deep thoughts as he rolls down the river. Because he's, he's got uh, time? Well, he does. He has a lot of time. <laughs> he's very appreciative of the journey he's taking for his charity, Spare Key. And if you wish to donate, you go to Hope on the River. And uh, Tim Bloom at EcoFund Motorsports is certainly kicking in. From now until the end of September, they're donating $100 from every scooter and electric bike purchased by GLers or anyone mentioning Hope on the River. With the great GLers, Tim writes, we hope to raise another $8,000 to $10,000 to help Eric out. Great sale prices now on all Bintelli electric bikes and scooters. These are the same low prices GLers have been paying all summer. And you mentioned Garage Logic when you stop in at EcoFun Motorsports. 
in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. And $100 from every scooter and e-bike purchase until the end of September will be donated to Hope on the River. This is uh, EcoFun Motorsports' full line of Yamaha products, scooters that turn every errand into an adventure, helmets, apparel, the Bintelli e-bikes, great service department, very knowledgeable people, but Caitlin, the most, uh, Caitlin, the most knowledgeable, is in school, so she's not there during the week. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Great building sites in Sioux Falls are attracting national attention because Sioux Falls is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Pay a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls has just what business owners want and need. In Sioux Falls, you'll find talented people ready to go to work for you. Plus, short commutes, safe streets, available land and buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. No matter what size your project is, Sioux Falls has available sites with logistical connections to air, rail, and two interstate highways. Expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls and discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Hey, I got a great email from Keith Reavers. Just got my new Chill Boys. Perfect fit and so comfortable. I immediately went to the shop and got to work. And if you look closely, I'm sporting. No, I can't read that part, Keith. Come on now. You know about that. Great podcast. Thank you, Keith, from St. Petersburg, Florida. I should have proofread that email. Thank you, Keith. Keith is another satisfied customer of the Chill Boys, chillboys.com. The entire GL crew has made the transition, and you should too. It's a perfect gift for maybe the guy in your life. What doesn't matter? Go online, and all of the orders that are over 40 bucks ship fast and free in the entire United States. Place your order. Rook, you got yours on right now, too. Place your order, and please let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Brasky? What are the long ones? Those are the uh, the ones that I got on right now are the long ones. Those are the bamboo boxer. I yes. got them. I, got I need the long ones as I well. I need more room. Dear Honorable Mayor, Flashlight King, and Fireworks Commissioner, last Saturday, September 12th, 2020, the Peter J. Albrecht family was invited to visit my sister Donna's lake cabin, on Rice Lake in Kettle Moraine State Park, just south of Whitewater, Wisconsin, to meet hockey immortality. After 30 minutes or so conversing with Robert Bobby Marvin Hull, the Golden Jet, I emerged from inside the cabin to find my lovely bride Cheryl wearing two National Hockey League most valuable player rings. One, the 1960-61 Stanley Cup championship ring, and one 1983 Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony ring. My first and only thought when encountering this spectacle was learned listening for many years to the Garage Logic broadcast. All I could think of was, it's good to have options. Good luck. Yeah. You're going to need it, Peter. Yeah. Now, uh, I should say, I don't have it any longer, but I got an email that was uh, referring to, uh, I can't remember under what arrangements Bobby Hall was going to this place, but... Uh, it's pretty nifty when Bobby Hull is at your lake place and you get to shoot the breeze with yeah, him for no a half doubt. hour. No doubt. What do you wow. say though? Do you just do you, do you fan out or do you try to 
act all cool. You're like, remember, remember that when time? Time? <laughs> in the air? What? My, you, no, my question is, what do you say to the wife? Do you say, uh, go for it? Run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, Get go out of here. Those right. things are no, worth a no, fortune. Right. No, no, Kenny's referring no. to something else. Oh, no, I'm, I uh, have at it, hon. Right. I don't know. Bobby Hall. You know. I got a Bobby, Bobby Hall story you for got, you. Yeah, you got my permission. Right. <laughs> Do you want a bit of interesting trivia about the 60-61 championship season? Uh, uh, emailers might correct me, but I believe I'm right. Okay. Uh, I think who owned the – I think the Wirtz family owned the Blackhawks notoriously cheap, would not allow games to be on TV. And to watch the 60-61, to watch in the spring of 61, the Stanley Cup finals, you had to go to a movie theater and buy a ticket and go in. and then Closed circuit? Yeah, it was televised in a movie theater. Wow. Wow. That's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Since we're on hockey, by the way, I know I'm. When, gonna, and we won't be for very long. I know the inner 13-year-old in me is, is, is speaking right now. I hope the Dallas Stars get swept in four games. Oh, God, yeah. I By the Tampas? I, whoever. Well, oh, they could yeah. still play the island, too. That's but. right. They're, uh, that's 3-2 now, isn't it? They play today. But I will root against the Dallas Stars until they put me in the ground. Yeah, it's, it's, you can't. What They're about not- the... Le- the Lightning, though, and the Island, oh, my God, they hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. They had a fight the other day during warm-ups. They were throwing hands? Yeah, before the game even started. Nice. It was awesome. I got a great yeah. hockey story, though. Uh one day my kids I guess, were. I guess we're staying have, on it for longer. Than I think I it was. Was it Squee? Was it Squirts? I think it was Squirts. Matt. Yeah. Do you recall the uh, fellow named Sam Smithson who had that terrible snowblower accident? Yes, he was from Keewatin. Do you have? Is that still available to be listened to? Uh, we're getting a request from a fellow in South Carolina who wants to know uh, any updates on that fellow. Uh, oh if boy. he's okay, and uh, I don't even know that we've had his number. I, I guess we could. I'm sorry. Uh, we're, it's a guy living in Dubuque, Iowa, and he wants to know if. Uh, How do you spell the last name, Joe? Smithson? I think so. Yeah, it might be listed under Sam than the snowblower. Okay. It's on a best of CD, but I'll have to look and see if I have any of his information. Well, you used to have all his contact information. Yeah, it's probably on the Rolodex. That was 15 years ago. I'll look back at the desk. I'm sure it's sitting somewhere. It'd be nice to, to play that original piece. Reavers is working on that right now. And then check in on him to see mm-hmm. what the future held for him. I think that's a good idea. Right? Especially because the uh, winter's uh, just around the corner. This is one of my favorite sports weekends of the year, however late it is upon us. Uh, the U.S. Open is underway at Winged Foot in Maranek, oh. New York. With and a smaller I, field, right? Uh, well, a smaller field saying. because of uh, daylight concerns. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of less foursome because of daylight concerns. I've covered I covered a Hale Irwin's victory at Wingfoot in 1974. And isn't that when you unknowingly were were rooming across the hallway from him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a neat place, though. That is a really neat place. Joe, yesterday I took a walk in my old South Minneapolis neighborhood. We moved out in 1994, shortly after Sales Belton was elected mayor. So for old time's sake, I decided to visit just to take a look around. Still a very nice neighborhood with nearly all well-maintained homes and finely manicured lawns and landscaping. I bet they even shovel their sidewalks. But still overwhelmingly leftist Democrat. Prediction. Omar will be reelected and the vote will be about 70% to 30% over Lacey Johnson. 
The only thing that will keep her out of Washington is being imprisoned for her many alleged felonies, which include alleged immigration fraud, alleged influence peddling, alleged multiple campaign finance violations, and alleged bigamy incest. My unscientific count of yard signs yielded the following during a 45-minute walk. One sign for Lacey Johnson, about 10 for Ilhan Omar, at least 30 for Biden and or Harris, and uh, at least 60 to 70 Black Lives Matter signs and Justice for George Floyd signs. This neighborhood is only 15 blocks away from 38th in Chicago. Apparently, the neighborhood residents think a BLM sign is a protection against crime and mayhem. They will need to rethink that notion after the Chauvin verdicts are announced in March and April of 2021. Carl Bear in Northfield. Uh, I think there is a growing uh, uh, faction of people who believe that uh, the four officers uh, will not be found guilty of anything. Including most of us on the show. I, I don't know yet. I, 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 I'm going to wisely keep my mouth shut because I don't know. You know God I help don't know. the city, though, if that does happen. Well, uh, you, you've got some fine leadership there. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> tiger meat tiger. In fact, in fact, listen to this. Joe, you asked how Fry got voted into office in your September 16th podcast. Ranked choice voting. Under ranked choice voting, political groups can flood the ballot with as many like-minded individuals as they wish without caring which candidate wins. As long as the group has a like-minded individual in the seat, their agenda gets pushed forth, they win. Fry was not the top choice, but because 20-some percent of ballots were thrown out, he was declared the winner. Ranked choice voting is a flawed system that hides behind the idea of giving the voter more choice when it really gives the political organizations more opportunity to manipulate the race. Tim is absolutely correct. I've been an opponent of ranked choice voting since it reared its ugly head. It has nothing to do with giving the citizen more choice. It has everything to do, as he said, with getting the correct campaign, uh, the correct uh, candidate to win. They don't care who, just so long as it's a candidate that represents their Mysterian ways. Right. And I don't know if you saw this breaking news about the voting process, Joe, but The Onion is just reporting that the democratic process in peril as millions of Americans chase after mail-in ballots caught in the wind. <laughs> They're all running down the street. <laughs> See, I got, I have, I received in the mail an application for a ballot. Oh, I, really? ne- I never oh, sought that. Yeah, I never sought that. My mm. wife just got one yesterday, and she commented, and she said, "I didn't order this." I'm voting in mm. person. I'm voting in person. I'm not filling this damn thing out. Vote early. Vote often. <laughs> I, 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 I'm voting in person. I can't stomach the thought of filling this thing out. Yeah. I love the rush. I know it sounds stupid, but to go there in anticipation to see how many people were there, uh, to actually do it, usually with my wife and kids, and it's thrilling is what it is. Why don't you, uh, uh, I want you to go get that ballot. I, I haven't even closely looked at it, but it might be interesting to describe it, uh, what, what I'm being asked to do uh, in the event I want a mail-in ballot. Why don't we take a short time out and I'll go get that. Very good. How's that? Sounds good. Rook, why don't you tell the fine folks about our good friends over at the Minnesotan, if you would, sir. I'll tell you one thing is that the Minnesotan right now has got the Garage Logic push back signs. Yes. And they're one of the people that have the signs. And if you want some old school stuff, 
I'm talking about really, really neat stuff. You know, you talk about the North Stars. They've got the throwback North Star jerseys. They've got a little bit of everything. And you know what? They've been with Garage Logic since the fall of 2018. It's a one of a kind apparel and design. Uh, store celebrating your journey as a Minnesotan. If you feel like you never want the Dallas Stars to win anything, that's go, me. Go show your support for buying a North Star uh, T-shirt. They've got just about everything you need. Some new items for the fall, including the Minnesotans' new Let Common Sense Rain collection and a commemorative long tee celebrating the one and only Al's Bar on Excelsior in St. Louis Park. For the cake eater, the Minnesotan now has Edina West Cougar shirts. It's one of the coolest stores around if you haven't been there. It's downtown White Bear Lake. Corey and the crew have new, wonderful items all of the time. He's a go-getter. It's dynamic. Go to the Minnesotan.com and browse their collections online. The pushback lawn signs are for sale. Get them while you can. And I just want to tell you that uh, Corey has worked very hard and is a great friend of Garage Logic. So if you're looking for some old school, maybe it's uh, Aldrich Arena shirts, check out the Minnesotan online at minnesotan.com or downtown White Bear Lake. Remember the name, the Minnesotan. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Yeah, he ain't no absentee owner sitting on a beach in some faraway paradise. He's Mr. Mike Schoonover, the uh, owner of Schoonover Body Works and Glass, located on County E in Lexington and Shoreview. Now, normally Mike joins us here on Positive Thursdays. We get caught up in the latest at Schoonover. But Mike can't join us today because because he's doing a delivery for a GLer. How is That's that awesome. for service? Yeah, the third generation owner of Schoonover Body Works and Glass is delivering a vehicle. To me, that's amazing. He's a hands-on owner, and actually, he's, you know, around the shop, he's just one of the guys. And that's why when you choose Schoonover Body Works and Glass, you're choosing one of the best, one of the most highly rated repair shops here in the Twin Cities. And old Schoons, he's going to go bat, uh, to bat for you with your insurance company, keep you in the loop for the entire process. So... You get in a crash, number one, you call your insurance company, you let them know you'd like Schoonover to handle the repairs. They might refer you to someone else for an estimate, uh, but don't worry about that. Schoonover will also do an estimate for you and then deal with your insurance company directly. I've been through this process a number of times with Mike and the team, and it's very easy. Schoonover, he can also get you hooked up with a rental if you need one. Those body repairs they do, they are guaranteed for as long as you own the vehicle. Just one of the many reasons why they're consistently rated as one of the number one body shops here in the Metro. They've been around for 80 years. They're the greatest team in town. Schoonoverbodyworks.com. Okay. Uh, Dear Joseph, the Minnesota Secretary of State and county election officials encourage using mail ballots in the upcoming elections. I have sent you the enclosed absentee ballot application to make requesting a ballot easy. Voting by mail is easy. Just sign, date, and complete the application, drop it in the mail, and you will receive a ballot from your county election office, which you can complete and return without leaving your home. Uh, Voting by mail keeps you healthy and safe. (laughs) Your privacy is protected. By voting by mail from home and not waiting until Election Day, you've already done your part. You simply get to look forward to Election Day and hearing about the results. And it says, how do you compare with other voters? And they show show that uh, my voting score is above average. 
and then you uh, you get this. Here's the 2020 Minnesota absentee ballot application. They want my last name, first name, middle name, date of birth, county. Uh, uh, I have a Minnesota-issued driver's license, and they have to provide that number. I have a Social Security number. You have to give them the last four. I do not have a Minnesota shoot. No, I, I have one. Address. They want the address. Uh, I certify that I am completing this application on my own behalf. I'll be 18, blah, 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 blah membership of uh, residence and this and that and the other thing. Okay. Then you set, send that in. Well, A, I didn't ask for it. Now, you would think, because I love to play office, <laughs> you, would, you would think this would be right up my alley. That's true, yeah. It's not. I, I want nothing to do with it. I, I'm going to go vote. I want nothing to do with it. I, I smell uh, a, a hellish uh, boiling pot of trouble come November 3rd. Uh, what, Joe, what happens if there is a, a, a candidate that drops off or there's controversy? You know, all of these candidates that are running for office are one bad sentence away from being called out as a racist or they said something politically incorrect. What happens if they're off the ballot and somebody's already sent in their absentee? I don't know. Oh. Tough beans. Yeah, like in the case of uh, Paul Wellstone when he you know, died in a plane crash just a few days before the election. I don't know. Okay. I, I have no okay. idea. But uh, the emphasis, it seems, is creating this illusion that somehow because voting is difficult, we have this movement to make it easy. Look how many times the word easy was used here in the opening letter. Voting by mail is easy. Uh no waiting in line. Uh, you're, you've already done your part. It's easy. Just stay at home and mail it in. Well, voting isn't difficult. Aren't voting is not difficult. To COVID, Joe. They're yeah, COVID of course they are. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. But I, I they're going to be so successful in keeping people away from the polls. Wow. I have absolutely no fear of going to the polls. Just go to the polls. I'm sure at the polling place, they'll be enforcing this distance methodology. And you go. In, they did during the primary. And so you go in and you get your ballot and go to the, your st- uh, stand and fill it out. Big deal. That will take less time than me filling this out. I never thought about the numbers of people voting or not voting in person this year. Uh, it's a huge election, but with COVID, I, you're right. I wonder how many might not be able to uh, cast their ballot if they, whether it be by mail, absentee ballot, or in person. We found the Sam Smithson uh, interview, but it, it's 15 minutes long. So yeah. I think we'll, what we'll do is play that on some uh, some day when we don't have a live podcast. Yeah, I'm making a note right now to mm-hmm. use that. Yeah, I see him writing as we speak. <laughs> Now, that's amazing. That was 15 minutes long during live radio. In a podcast form, that would be nothing. You could do that. But mm-hmm. we, were getting, we were getting away with that on live radio. That was under uh, the old clock, I believe. That was the old clock where right out of the shoot, uh, off the top of the hour, and then you took them all the way to Dave Dahl's weather, which is probably about 420. Uh, so Two. you were pro- 422, wasn't it? Yeah. Lit. Braden writes, hail the flashlight king. Fire. <laughs> Hail you, Hail you. I've got an FFLF for you that breaks every code known to man. Uh Uh-oh. Last winter, I woke up to a beautiful morning in the sight of freshly dumped snow. 
thinking what a perfect morning to go out and practice space management. As I get up and start getting ready, I hear that familiar sound, thinking to myself, oh no, she's out there doing the driveway. My heart sank and ruined my morning. Well, Joe, this is the part where I tell you this was not an FFLF, but instead an MFLF. I look out my front window, and there is the neighbor pulling away on his tractor, having just cleared my driveway. He not only did my driveway, but proceeded to do all the driveways on the street. I imagine all the guys on my block felt the same way as I did. Having another guy clear your driveway without permission hits yeah. real low. Yeah, it does. Oh, boy. I mean, the guy, what, do you think he was being a good Samaritan? He, he thought he was. He was. You know he what he was. Yeah, he started having fun. No, you know what it was. You're right, Rook. He he was just having fun with his tractor. Right. I finally get to I get one reason to really need it and use it and yeah. he went hog wild. But the rule is and it might even be unspoken at least on my block is those of us with snow blowers, we don't do each other's driveways. We compete against each other for with the neighbors that only use shovels. Mm-hmm. So I get Donna's and then I can go over and get Andy's, but I can't get steve's and i i certainly can't get dave's you know because he's got a brand new one so mm-hmm. that that's how it works among us and i have a different approach i've got a guy across the street and he has a snowblower and i don't so mm-hmm. i just wait is he right out there yet oh yeah, here he comes. Wait, so, here he comes. Hey. oh yeah oh i was just about to start yeah, go ahead hey, Come on, go, go ahead ryan if you I want i didn't offer yet <laughs> so you don't mind that he does it hell no you're you're looking forward to it well i don't Do have you? a snowblower though yeah if well, i that's did a, if i that's did that's a terrible point against you in garage well, i know i know i know that really pulls you down on the next scale what about your cylinder index you, you could have be adding to it with a with a uh, snowblower. I was going to get one from Fratelloni la- last winter and then really didn't get around to it. And then Ryan kept offering. So it's much more cheaper for me to buy a case of beer at Elevated than it is to buy a snowblower from Fratelloni. See, okay, even, that was my next question for you if you're compensating him. Oh, absolutely. See, okay, even I good. have a snowblower, even though Joe had to buy it for me you know, 15 <laughs> years ago, whatever it was. Even I have a snowblower. That thing still work? That Honda is one pole, Joe. One mm. pole. Okay. Yeah. You almost sounded like Jesse there. That you, Honda's a one pool, I'll Joel. give you a one pole. <laughs> right to the noggin. Do you want a, a positive a story on it's Positive Thursday? Thursday? Please. Thursday. You'll recall that uh, Betty McCollum, of all people, was questioning the mayor of St. Paul on the legitimacy of using CARES Act money, which is supposed to be sent to people who are suffering hardships because of the pandemic, uh, he wanted to use it as part of his guaranteed income program. He wants to use that federal money, and then he wants philanthropy to kick in the rest. He wants to pay 1,500 families $500 a month. And Betty McCollum raised raised an issue with that and said, are you sure you can use CARES money for that? Uh, do you have a legal opinion about that? And at that time, I suspected something was afoot. Uh, how could this... A careerist uh, DFLer uh, wished to challenge uh, the new mayor, uh, who's also a Mysterian like Betty. Mm-hmm. Well, and and so I I got from a source very reliable uh, the suspicion that Betty senses or knows that Melvin is not satisfied being mayor. He's uh, he's got his sights set on a higher office possibly her seat Ooh. 
Uh-huh. Oh. And so... The plot thickens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the good news is, though, uh, St. Paul can use the CARES Act money for the Mayor's Guaranteed Income Program. Oh, that's good. So it's free. It's free. It's free money. It's so pa- families are going to get free money. It's just fantastic. I think it's wonderful. It's free. The that's City I mean. Council... <laughs> excuse me, perfect health. The St. Paul City, and this is making national headlines, by the way. Uh, this guaranteed income is, uh, there's more here than meets the eye. The uh, City Council uh, of St. Paul voted to launch an experimental, well, you know damn well it's going to be permanent, an experimental $1.5 million guaranteed income program for low-income families Wednesday after Mayor Melvin Carter signed on to the group mayors for a guaranteed income. The program will divert three hundred grand in CARES Act funding to give 150 families payments of 500 bucks a month. Uh, the rest of the 18-month program will be funded by philanthropy, the mayor said. This is Fox News report quoting the Pioneer Press. More than ever before, this economic crisis has pushed families into crisis, struggling to maintain basic necessities for their children, Carter wrote on Twitter September 4. Our People's Prosperity Guaranteed Income Pilot Program, boy, is he an expensive mayor, by yeah. the way, just an expensive mayor, will support our most vulnerable families while helping build the case for permanent guaranteed income programs at state and federal levels. Permanent guaranteed income plans. St. Paul has a poverty rate of 20.4%, well above the state's average, according to Data USA. Other cities launching programs in conjunction with mayors for a guaranteed income include Pittsburgh and Long Beach, California. Also this week, mayors for a guaranteed income announced it added 14 mayors who support such programs to its roster, including mayors Latoya Cantrell of New Orleans, Jenny Durkin of Seattle, Jim Kenney of Philadelphia, and LeVar Stoney of Richmond, Virginia. The Coalition of Mayors, which was founded in June, has committed to exploring direct recurring cash payments to community members and advocating for a similar program nationwide. We are living in uncertain times with even greater widening economic disparity as a result of COVID-19, said Michael Tubbs, the mayor of Stockton, California, and founder of Mayors for a Guaranteed Income. As mayors, our problems may look different from town to town, but we are united in our duty to ensure the economic security of our residents. And it is unacceptable that people who are working two and three jobs can't afford basic necessities. Joe... I know what mm. this. Uh, I th- I think he does aspire to get into a higher office, Mayor Carter, mm-hmm. and then things will change for so many people. Peggy mm-hmm. Joseph took her daughter out of school early Wednesday for this. Her emotions ran high following Obama's speech. It was the most memorable time of my life. I, I, it was a touching moment because I never thought this day would ever happen. I won't have to worry about putting gas in my car. I won't have to worry about paying my mortgage. You know, if I, if I help him, he's going to help me. There we go. Tubbs, 29 years old, the mayor of Stockton, California, uh, launched the 18-month-long guaranteed income experiment in Stockton in early 2019, offering 500 bucks a month to 125 residents to spend however they wanted. There are an estimated 311,000 residents in Stockton. Research data from the pilots suggests most recipients spent the money on things like transportation, utilities, health care, and paying off debt. Nearly 40% of tracked spending went to food, according to the University of California, Berkeley. Well, first of all, 
uh, it's antithetical to what America stands for. And secondly, uh, it's, it's, it's going to inevitably become a permanent program. Yep. So I think wow. in St. Paul, the way it works is that uh, the most hard-pressed zip codes have been defined or decided, and uh, residents from those zip codes will be randomly suggested. What I remain unclear about is, what if you pick a resident from one of those zip codes and that, that, that family makes a hundred grand a year? Do mm-hmm. you still get the 500 bucks? It sounds like a no questions asked deal. You're just in the wrong zip code. We're going to give you money that other people actually work to produce. Oh. Now, people I can't can get used to that really fast. I can't condemn philanthropy. If a, if a philanthropist wants to do this, more power to uh, you. That's, that's wonderful. But the CARES Act money, that's, that's not philanthropy. That's your money. That's your so money that fam- doesn't even exist. These families are just picked at random. They don't have to apply or anything like that. Apparently not. And the other thing McCollum wanted to know is, well, are you sure that uh, a specific family receiving $500 would not put them over the threshold for whatever assistance they're receiving now? In other words, she, she laid down the gauntlet to Carter and his office today or yesterday is saying, no, we checked all of that. We're good to go. Uh, and the city council voted on it and passed it. And so now Mayor Carter has his guaranteed income program, uh, and, which will start in October. And and help me here, because I believe the reason or part of the reason that he wanted to create this program was that he thought in some way it would help reduce crime, correct? Didn't he think that this would help keep people off the streets? Mm, I don't remember that. I thought no, I remember that no. was part of this. No, not necessarily. This is just uh, getting his foot a little deeper into the pool of socialism where the Mysterians wish to take us uh, into a thorough kind of uh, utopian uh, socialism. Uh, you know, they, in the current budget now, the police take a hit. Uh, they can't fill 40 positions that need filling. And yet uh, Carter... Uh, included in the 2021 budget, 328 grand for something called uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, Awakenings Intervention Program oh. that will assign mental health workers to kids between six and 13 who have been founded to uh, act out in public in a difficult way. Okay, an Awakenings Intervention Program. You know what that used to be called? Mm. Parenting? Parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parenting. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have to do that anymore, Joe. That's evident. And that's working out really well for us. The Minneapolis, the behavior of the Minneapolis City Council also became a national story. <laughs> it's laughable. It's laughable. It is. It's truly laughable. Uh, the same people, of course, uh, calling for the end of police four months ago are now hectoring the police for why there's an increase in crime. And what are you going to do about it, coppers? Uh, that's that's made national. That's made every talk show. That's made. That's even made uh, uh, newspapers. Uh, it's just it's people are sounds bound like, to report it because you can't believe it. Sounds like an onion piece, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. But that's positive for you people who are going to start getting your five hundred dollar checks. That's fantastic. And I don't buy for a minute the legitimacy of tracking how that money is spent. It will only be tracked to provide the results that people like Carter want it to show. You're right. 
He's not going to tell you if he used it to go get a new TV or a new cell phone. He'll tell you they used it to uh, buy food and transportation, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. Right. People don't pay for public transportation now. That's the biggest fault of the the green line. It's, it's free, basically. I don't think anybody's going to buy a TV either. I think they've all been looted, so everybody has one. We got, we're covered. Right, we're covered. Set it so these, this money is given out in the form of gift cards then, if they're tracking it. I, I don't know. I don't know. It must be. It must be. that. that I think well, that that's be, the only way they can track right, the money. Right, I agree. Well, if what it's given it? out in gift cards and they're tracking it, you know, then I guess I'd have to believe the tracking results. But isn't that really creepy, though? They can track where you're going to uh, make your purchases, and that would well, they're be... They're doing that already. They know where you were last night, Matthew. You can hide it from your family, but you can't hide it from them. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would have ever thought this? Uh, and how do they come uh, up with these George Orwell? Yeah. How do they come up with these numbers? 500. What is that? Okay, what is $500 going to do? It can buy you some cheese. It can buy you no, uh, you, clothes. You, can get, I you mean, can get a lot of groceries for 500 bucks. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, I, I agree with Such. It, it, it could be useful. But I want to know if, if, if you have a household income of 90 grand a year, are you still getting it? You would think there would be an income a cutoff. Level. Above which, oh, I'm sorry, we picked your name, but your income is 78000 You don't make the cut. I don't know what the number is, but you'd think there'd be a number above which you don't get the 500 bucks. Right. <clears throat> well, case in point about the living in the parallel rail, Joe, mm-hmm. this is just breaking. <clears throat> this is unbelievable. We're going to tackle the real issues that, are, we that are plaguing Let's our go. country right now. Uh, This is from The Hill. The House passed a resolution moments ago condemning all forms of anti-Asian sentiment as related to COVID-19 in a 243 to 164 vote. What? what, Meaning what? Well, they're going after Trump. Oh, you can't call it the Chinese flu or whatever? The Chinese virus. Yeah. But that, that's, that's what we're working on right now. Not, not trying to get relief to businesses or, or people through another, you know, they won't get that done, but we're going to get this done right now. we got to get to the bottom of this. These people are insane. You know, I, 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 I think I read it from an emailer. Uh, it was a great thought. You know, a guy like Fry, for example, while his city is in just horrible disarray, he, he quite literally was tweeting about the hazy sunset and what we all have to do, what we all have to do. And yet, has he ever asked anybody to do anything? If you you come through that door and look at the political class, they don't ask us. They they often tell us some things, like you're no longer going to use a plastic bag or what have you. (laughs) But they don't really tell us that they have assignments for us, that they have work for us to do. For example, Fry could say, you know, in order for you to help us control this, and this would really revolutionize politics, in order for you to help us stop this crisis of the climate, uh, A, uh, here's what you're going to do, and then have a list of stuff. You're going to have to have your thermostat no higher than 62 degrees in the winter. Huh. Uh, 
we're going to uh, ban uh, microwaves. What? Uh, all showers will be fitted with timers. No. Uh, so that the hot uh, water. Why are you saying? Why are you giving them ideas? I'm, Stop talking, leading, to Joe. I'm leading Ooh. to a larger point. I'm <laughs> leading to a larger me. point. I'm leading to a larger point. Okay. Uh, your gasoline use will be limited to a rationing system similar to World War II, mm-hmm. uh, where you're only going to be allowed, I don't know, ten gallons a week, let's say, uh, and, and that'll be adjustable for the distance you have to travel to work, on and on and on and on. You'll never hear that from them for one reason. Why is that reason? They don't believe they would, it. They would get voted out. In order would to they? hang on to their power, they talk big but don't do anything. Now, I'm, I would be violently against anything I just said and would fight it, resist it till the end of my days. The point being... They say, we must accept this challenge. We must fight this crisis. We have to be together. He'll never once ask you to do anything. But don't you think that if he could, he would? Or the likes of AOC, if she could, she would? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, Such. I, I, I think they're more than willing to say those things. And I'm surprised some of those things haven't been instituted already in California. My point being, I understand your point. The point being, in order to retain his power in Fry's case, which is just an empty power, there's nothing there. He's a cheerleader without portfolio, as we've learned. (laughs) He he he'll never do anything like that because that would cause him to lose his gig. The same with the city council activists. They're they're they've already displayed that they're. Not really, really incompetent, really not grounded in reality. I don't know, Joe. I, I, the way people are are so willing to get on their bicycles and put on a mask and enjoy the great outdoors because the government told them they have to wear a mask, I see a willing flock of sheep that would love this, <laughs> that would just well, absolutely <laughs> love gas rationing and no AC use and freezing in their own homes. Well, it's a new thought, why Kenny. I haven't fully developed it, but uh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Well, I, I don't want to shoot down your theory, but uh, it's, it just it scares me. Yeah, it does, and and uh, it's a new thought. I'll have to give it more consideration on the th- Garage Logic no. Service Road of no. Life. <laughs> Joe, I think you should tell Kenny you're sorry. You scared Kenny. I'm sorry. No, Kenny. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think. <laughs> He's very, didn't mean he's I didn't mean to frighten you. What, what have you done? Oh, you've triggered me, Jack. Yeah, I've triggered, triggered you. Me. You need a safe space now. <laughs> yeah. Is there a football game tonight? Foot? Oh, man, it's a big one. It's the Browns and the Bengals. Browns Ooh, let's go. Interstate uh, rivalry? Yeah. Well, old Highway 80? You're going to be grilling, load up at Grunhofer's. Ah. Right in downtown Hugo at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Get a Philly patty. Get a couple of Philly patties, the red and green peppers, onions, Swiss cheese, all mixed together in a third-pound beef patty. Put them on a hoagie bun, a little au jus. Damn. Damn. Meatloaf, bacon, ham, steaks, brats. How about this? A Bloody Mary brat in your Bloody Mary? Yeah. Huh? There you go. Huh? There's more than 100 different kinds of brats, and uh, that's thick, double-smoked bacon, perfect for yeah, BLTs. Yeah don't, yeah, don't downplay that, because they will cut it 
Uh, they will custom cut it thick, thin, but a, a BLT with a thick cut of bacon oh, is oh. really the best thing. Oh, it sounds you know, let, let me tell you how to do it. <laughs> by, the, by the way, I misspoke. It's a highway internet, International Highway 71 that you take huh? from 71. Cincinnati to Cleveland. Oh, okay. 71. No, it's a Highway 61, though, that you take to Grunhofer's. There you go. You just add 10. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Actually, you'd subtract 10. Yeah. Depending on whether you're north have, or south. Yeah. They don't have to pay for this south. one, do they? No. no. Scott, I hope, I hope Spencer doesn't call the sales no, department. he's working too hard. <laughs> this is a freebie, Spence. He doesn't have time to call. Our he's bad. working. Yeah. Well, go. it's become a meat capital. What That's can I tell you? Right. It's the become city desk a, for meat. And he's trying to add on more room, and he's fighting with the bureaucrats to do it. It's just been a fantastic success story for Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Uh, it's where GLers meet each other. They kind of know each other, give each other a little up nod. Yep. They can, walking out of there with all those great products. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61, right at the north end of Hugo. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. All right, so full disclosure here. Uh, yesterday we had a big all-staff meeting. Kenny, I know you didn't participate, but Rook and John Height and I did. And Rookie finally broke the, the tension of the room. There's about 100 and some of us. And Rookie finally said... Hey, uh, can I quit hiding the fact that I'm having a cocktail in my backyard while I'm attending this I meeting? Was, I was having a Harmony Spirits. That was spirit. So you made my day. Harmonyspirits.net is their website. So check this out. If you go to their Twitter account, at Harmony Spirits Rook, they have their new fall cocktail menu. Okay. I already pulled it up. They've got their regular, the Manhattan. Uh, they got the Bloody Mary. Uh, they got all the ingredients you need, and, they, and they'll, they'll yeah. put it all together for you. But how about this cocktail? The apple pie mule. This is right up the Rook's okay, alley. Okay, you got me here. Vodka, yep. apple cider, caramel syrup, ginger beer. Uh, I would try that. That's got you written. I would try that. Probably a little Moscow sweet. Probably a little sweet yep. And uh, yeah, and they've got excellent vodka to pair with a Bloody Mary or any type of custom-made cocktail you've got. Another one I want to point out featuring their uh, rum from Harmony Spirits, the chocolate-covered cherry Coke. Rum, chocolate syrup. Cherry syrup, Coca-Cola. Or just take all that other crap aside <laughs> and just sip the rum with one ice cube and stare at the other ingredients. Right. Because so their rum is so good. I go. got to get the bottle of rum for the kid. Oh, yeah, you good. really do. It's you really good, do. Uh, but go to their website. Uh, check out their Twitter account. They're very active on social media. But also go to your local liquor store and ask for Harmony Spirits by name. They are so thankful for their partnership with us here in Garage Logic, and they're thankful to each and every one of you GLers. And does Elevated have it? Yes, Elevated does carry it. I could get the rum there then. There right? you go. Boom. All right. Maybe yeah. one of you has taken the cure and you don't uh, partake in those. They've got hand sanitizer for sale. So if you want to yep. help out there the cause, yep. Harmony Spirits makes hand sanitizer. So go ahead and pick up a couple of bottles of that and you're good to go. Boom. Cal uh, up Annandale Way, educator, frequent emailer. Sure. As I walk my dog on the service road of life, I ponder many things. Currently, I am trying to come to grips with our current state of affairs in this country as it relates to the behavior of our citizens. On the left, we have protests that devolve into riots. On the right, we have people being confrontational about wearing masks and everything in between. The problem, as I see it, is we are a nation comprised of many self-entitled people who have never been told no. 
They feel they can walk up to the police, store managers, cashiers, and others and say whatever they want without consequence because that is the way they were raised. I place the blame where it belongs on parents. If as children they have been told no when their behavior was inappropriate, that's foghornable, perhaps we wouldn't be in the fix we are now. In my 30-plus years of education, that is the main thing I have seen change. Not the students, but the parents. Children have always explored the boundaries of behavior. I certainly did. But increasingly, they are allowed to exceed those boundaries, if any exist at all. And mom and dad turned into enablers of this behavior by their not standing up to the parents who refused to have their children disciplined for bad behavior. This enablement is partly because if the school pushes back against the parents, the lawyers come out. What can we do about the problem? First, let me say the majority of kids coming through school at this time are great and will become good citizens. Best we can do at this point is make sure we all raise children who realize there are consequences for their actions, always pushing back Cal. I certainly find nothing in his email that I could possibly disagree with. Hmm. And only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. Mumbai. From Tom Lyman. It's on this date in Minnesota history, September 17th. In 1961, what occurred on this date? 1961, 1961. Uh, it is, okay, what's, 19, oh, 61 was. All I'm the, thinking is Roger Maris, 61. That's all I'm thinking The about. Minnesota Vikings played its first game, oh, beating wow. the Bears, 20. beating the Bears 37-13 at Metropolitan Stadium on this day in oh. 1961. I think Papa Bear was upset by that. In 1887, on this day, yep, I do. Okay. a near riot occurs in the grandstand of the Minnesota State Fair during a Civil War reenactment. The oh. mock battle breaks all previous attendance records for a grandstand event, with 80,000 people in the stands and 20,000 more on Machinery Hill. The event is fraught with fears of the grandstand collapsing, fights for seats, and injuries from the mock battle itself. Agricultural Secretary H.E. Horde justifies the expense and chaos of the event by describing its educational value. For most of the audience, it was their first real concept of the awfulness of war. In other words, they damn near staged a real battle at the State Fair. Jeez. What year? 1887. (laughs) What did you just say? What did he just say? I said 61. No. No. Earlier reference lost in the show was <laughs> eighteen. That was a that was a blurt, and I uh, I apologize for blurting. You don't. You don't. You don't. I, pl- I you don't. You don't, you don't apologize at all, do you? I'm not really sorry, but I'm just saying I'm sorry. Sixty-one. Yeah, let's 61. take her down to sixty-one. Yeah, uh, we got eighty thousand. And on this day in 1907, Warren. Berger, Warren E. Berger, is born in St. Paul. Old WB. Yep. As Chief Justice of the Supreme Court from 1969 to 86, his major opinions would include the decision requiring President Nixon to turn over the Watergate tapes and the dissent in the Bivens case attacking the exclusion of illegally seized evidence. So He's on the only day, Supreme Court Justice that makes me hungry. He, uh... He spent a lot of time in my town in the 50s and 60s duck hunting. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Lake Christina and Lake Jenny. Yep. Any ducks left up there? Yeah, there's a few. Mm-hmm. How did Lake but Jenny get her name? Oh, well, Jesus. I'm looking you got anything up right else, now. Joe? Nope, I don't. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to uh, 
dismissed class today. Well, then let me tell you about Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand and relocate your business to Sioux Falls, and it all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. And let's couple with that Pod MN, who's got Why some not? national exposure on your uh, computer, laptop, website, whatever. PodMN.com is the website. And if you have a smartphone, you can just sh- uh, shorten it up to go to the App Store. PodMN. You're going to find a variety oh. of Minnesota oh, oh, podcasts. Oh, oh, oh. Kenny. Kenny. Joe, 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 yes. Joe, I yeah. need your help. Could you yes. come over right away? No. I need your help at the house. Uh, I'm about... I'm about to uh, caulk the bathroom, and no, I, I need some help opening the tube. You want you want me to stay away from that? I can bring over some caulk. Caulk. Yeah, I'll bring you over some caulk. I don't need one of those mini tubes, Matthew. Yeah. I need uh, the big, the real one. I'll bring you some big one. Hey, big shout out too to our friends at Fast Signs Roseville too. They're gonna hook up the Soul Man with the GL podcast sign for his studio. Yes, that's really cool. And they are also the producers of the pushback signs. Give them a call six five one six three one one six three one or check out their website fastsigns.com backslash 204. Joe Cop will get you a sign. Kenny Fratelloni's will take care of your caulk needs. Uh, they mums. already did, actually. I've yeah. stocked some in from Frats. Why All don't right. you surprise the wife and go get some mums, Joe? No, I don't. They're a good fall flower. <laughs> Show is over. Oh Show's God. over? Is that it? <sighs> Are we done yet? Alright, Frats. Check it all out. RajLogic.com